We have to learn. This boy, they didn't hear me, did they? There are a lot of things that you have to learn as you continue in your Christian work that you are also preparing and planning to continue life in a place where sorrow does not exist. Pain does not exist. You understand? Gossiping does not exist. Frustration does not exist. Sickness does not exist. Do you understand? There's nothing like divorce. There is nothing. So we have to begin to practice it and enjoy it. Otherwise, when you get to heaven, you won't feel comfortable. And that is why every now and then we remind ourselves that we don't depend on what's happening around us. We depend on the joy of the Lord. Because the joy of the Lord is constant, is unchanging, and it's not determined by anything, including the rain. Hallelujah. Somebody say, including the rain. If you made it to church this morning in spite of the rain, God is going to shower your life with blessings. God is going to shower you with goodness, with mercy. He's going to shower you with blessings that you are not even expecting and you haven't even prayed for. Amen. But as you do that, you have to remember also that we have to walk the walk of faith, isn't it? We have to make our election sure. We have to mature. We have to develop. We have to stand. And we have to remain standing. Even when we sleep, we have to dust ourselves up quickly, rise up and stand. And today is the last day of October. And um, we may not be teaching specifically on holiness and righteousness after today. But I believe that even when tomorrow comes, and we begin to think about others, we are going to still walk in righteousness and holiness. Amen. Yeah. And, um, you know, as I've been studying on this and meditating on it and thinking about it, so many things just go through my mind. And sometimes I hear something and it's almost like God is speaking to me and reminding me that this is how life is. This is what we go through. And one of the things you come to realize is that a lot of things that challenge us from living a life of holiness, from walking right before God, is the things that come to us or the things that we go for or the places we go to or the people we embrace or the things we embrace. But the scary part is the, the speed. So you realize that when sin is coming your way, it comes on a chariot. When it is leaving, it walks. It goes on foot. <laughs> so it flies in and then it strolls out. So it, it is very easy for it to arrive. But when now you are trying to... Have you ever had guests that they won't leave? You, you stood up. You opened the door. You turned the TV off. You took the glass. You gave them away from them. <laughs> Gee. <laughs> you are even about to pull the chair so that the door... <laughs> Nothing is shifting them from their position. Have you had relatives who have come to visit and you can see that your parents are trying to organize them out of the house? And even when you haven't said anything, you know, did you call me? Nobody calls me. <laughs> oh, we are not going to share Kian's story here. Not today, we are not going to share. If I am your pastor, okay, and if I'm also your mother, and if I'm also your spiritual mother, physical mother, 
biological mother, foster mother. If I'm any form of mother to you, let me just warn you. One of the graces God has put in my life is that you cannot do something that I wouldn't know. It's just a nice little sentence. Just remember it. And you will come to realize that this thing is true. Sometimes you won't even realize that you actually even bring it to me. Yeah, you see? Because you see, my son Kiran has been trying to hide something from me for a while. And as I was in prayer this morning, he, first of all, he came to disturb my prayer. And when he came to disturb my prayer, he said, Mommy, I want to show you something. Is that okay? I'm sorry. I said, no problem. What he didn't know was that God was about to expose him. I think that he so regretted that even the thing that he was going to show me, he couldn't expand on it. He couldn't elaborate on it. He, he disappeared. He was even confused as to what occurred to him to come there at that time without editing various things before coming to me. So I just thought that I would let you know that he's not the only one who goes through that. So it is a message for all of us. Yeah. A lot of things that... As we are going to look at a few scriptures to just remind ourselves, keep it, and also realize that we shouldn't let the world deceive us. We shouldn't let life deceive us. Because, you know, uh, Wednesday I was telling you people that in 1852, how many of us were alive there? 1852. There were preachers who were preaching and struggling to preach holiness and righteousness because the people would not accept it. 1852. 2021. I think we're okay. We're okay. We'll, we'll manage it somehow. Yeah. So you can see that it's an area of our faith that the enemy always battles. And they have managed to inject it, inject in the church so that, oh, you are too rigid. You are too, this. You are too, you are too religious. You are too this. You see, anything good, all you need is a drop of poison to make your food poisonous. Just a little drop. Just a little drop. God was not like, God is, you see, and they will take scripture out of context continually. But that is the work of Satan. When he came to Eve, he said that God said you shouldn't eat any. God never said that. But then he would use that. And they use it against us today as Christians. Your friends use it. Your family use it. Drink is just a little drink. Hey, why did you kill Jesus? Why are you a monk now? Yeah. But what we don't realize is that these things have a way of affecting our relationship with God. Affecting our relationship with God. Yeah. There are some things that we will come, if we will acknowledge, we realize that it was only when we made friends with these people, it was only when we started doing that a certain kind of misery came into our life. Look straight, look straight. Let's, don't, yeah. Nobody will know what it is. Look straight. You realize that there are just a couple of things that we slightly, that we slightly, that we slightly. You know, when I was growing up in my teenage years, my um, big brother, not both of them, one of them, you know, he had a room to sleep in to stay in. In fact, his room had, uh, it was an ensuite, so you don't need anything outside of your room. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. But then where the um, gardener and things stayed, he created a little room for himself there. Mm. 
Why? And then one day, my sister and I noticed that he used to bring contraband people into that room. <laughs> so we decided that we will, we will blackmail him. That now that we know, your life is dependent on us. And you have to keep us quiet for the rest of your life. Then one day, we went into the room when he was not there. Then we found that it wasn't just human beings that were being, but there were also things there that should not be in the room. And you see, I'm saying that to say that this was like 30 years ago or more. Now you don't need physical things for your life not to be straight. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And so this is even the season and the generation where we need to teach, preach, listen, meditate on righteousness and holiness. And let us stop using an argument like, you know, well, it's only God who is holy. There's nothing. That is the more reason why we have to stay on course. Because we are not it. Nobody gives you something bad and gives you the things that are bad about it. Yeah. Nobody, nobody says that, you know, those, you know, the chicken with the skin is very nice, you know, or beef with the fat, when you grill it, it makes it tastier. But don't tell you that the fat will also cause A, B, and C. This week, I was in a meeting somewhere, and well, anytime we go for those meetings, everybody knows that I like Coke Zero. So now they've just permanently brought Coke Zero boxes there. So I was about to go and take my Coke Zero. And this kind of Beulah people, one of them was there. <laughs> and the person was like, Gloria, Coke Zero is not good for you. I said, I used to drink full-blown Coke. I have progressed. Can you even show some appreciation for how far I have come? <laughs> And the thing was that the reason why I've been, I was so joyful about Coke Zero was that somebody who is also a very like health fanatic was sharing and was preaching and was like one of the greatest blessings and greatest miracles God has made is Coke Zero. So I said, if it's coming from him, so me too, I even passed the information on to my husband. See, if, if Adam and Eve, we have existed for a long time, and he too, he drank it. <laughs> So as I was about to put my coke inside my ass, eyes, Bila number two came, and she was like, do you know that Coke Zero still has? I said, look at it. Everything on it says zero, zero, zero. Calories, zero. Sugar, zero. What a game. Then the person went to press Google. Side effects of Coke Zero. Oh! Like two passages. The Coke was in my hand. I never drank it. <laughs> with, the with the ice, Minister Sheila, with the ice. I saw it melt away. I saw it melt away. When the cleaners came into the office there to clean, and they, they were looking at me like, should we take it, should we leave it? I said, take it before I get upstairs from there. But that is with everything else. You are laughing at my Coke. What is it that you have read, you have been told, you've been spoken about, you know that this thing is not good for me. But I want us to realize that we should get to the place where we are not walking in do's and don'ts. That is what destroys us because the do's and don'ts, they are too much. 
get too much. Can you imagine if husband and wife, the day they marry, when they get home, then the wife will bring her notebook. If she went to a she she'll probably bring a folder, and then she'll come and put it there. You know? Pastor <laughs> Sam, come and save your wife, because wherever he's going to. Tell somebody we are going to make it. Tell the person we are going to make it all the way. Yeah. Let us get back to where we know that we don't need somebody to point accusing fingers at us. We don't need somebody to always, you know, pry into our life. You don't need somebody to be the one determining what is good for us or what is bad for us. We ourselves, our love for God, our fear of God, our desire to please him will order our steps. And the reason why we shouldn't be legalistic is because sometimes what God says I shouldn't do, he hasn't told you that. And what God says you shouldn't do, he hasn't told me that. And that is why we we should always be careful when we turn things into doctrines or we turn things into, you know, because... You, sometimes God will speak to you specifically based on your circumstances, your situation, what you've been through, where you're coming from, where you're going to. Some of us, even before salvation, alcohol was never a problem. If you leave me in a pub, you will come back and meet the pub the same way. Nothing there will please me. At all. Not, there's nothing there. The smell is nasty. Everything. When people are drinking some of the things, you can see that their face squeezes. I don't understand. So it's not a location that I am fearful to go to. But for you, you just know. Yeah. Yeah. If you take me to Max and Spencer, if you take me into Max and Spencer and you take me to the food section and you leave me close to where the... Um, And you leave me to where the, <laughs> you know, and, 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 and you leave me there. And you tell me that you can touch everything except the cheesecake. I'll tell you that, please, let me go. <laughs> let me go, let me go. Let me. Till today, I haven't had cheesecake in a long time. The last time I had it, somebody to, uh, spoke to Sally and she, you know, Oh, I fell. But since then, so that was in April, isn't it? That was in April. It was beginning of April. So April, May, June, July, August, September, October. No, put your hands together for us. Put your hands <laughs> Christmas is coming. My tempters will arrive. <laughs> And we are laughing about it, but it's not funny because we all have our own. We all have our own. We are, do you know that for me, I, my phone can be with me everywhere and I won't look at it. I, don't, I despise the phone. I, 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 listen, if you want, if you are in, in an emergency, you really need to speak to me, then just keep calling. Because if you think, oh, I've called when she sees the missed call, she'll call back. I, yes, when I see the missed call, I'll call back, but when would that be? So phone is not an issue for me. But for you, you can't even study. You cannot study. Because when your eye looks at paragraph one, 
Then your eye will look at Instagram one. Then your guy will look at, then your eye will look. So for you, when you are studying, you look for your neighbor and say, can you lock my phone up? I'll come for it on the 4th of It is a very personal thing. It is a very, very personal thing. As a lady, when I see a lady and half her breast is showing and she's wearing some very tight, I'm not moved. Yeah, because I have breasts. Doesn't do anything. But for you, when we see, we tend to look. <laughs> oh, preach, Pastor, preach, Pastor, preach, preach, preach. I haven't started preaching. I haven't even given my verse, but you are preaching. You know your. Yes. Someone that is not the breast, though, it's the buttocks. Hey, somebody is saying that, oh, pastor, the words. The things you listen to and the things you watch, and the, is it the buttocks and breasts that you haven't heard or seen before? Don't, don't try, don't, don't, don't do that, don't do that. That is why we are messing people up in the church. We are messing people up in the church. When we are even teaching about sex, we teach it wrongly. So everybody feels guilty. Even married people feel guilty. When their husbands are touching them, they think it's wrong. It's because of how it has been interpreted and presented. If it's a person say, oh, my wife is sexy, then we get nervous. Your wife has to be sexy to you. And you know why? Because we have used that expression in places we should not have used it. On people, we should not have used it. Before you married, you knew that your bra and panty should match. Since you married, you don't care. Today is the last day. Reverend is back next week. We'll be okay. There will be order in the church. Don't, don't worry. <laughs> Today is the last day. Don't worry. Don't worry. After today. Yeah. Yeah. We are ruining people's lives. We are ruining people's lives. Yeah. Because we are making the wrong things as the righteous things. Yeah. Because righteousness and holiness is not in the open. It's not seen on the outward. It's not because your dress is so long. It's not because you don't have makeup. Stop deceiving yourself. You know, last week when we spoke about Zacchaeus, now let's try and find scripture because I can see that the place is getting hot. It's okay. I'm going to go into the Bible. We'll look at verse 1. We'll look at verse 2. You'll be okay. We'll look at verse 3. Listen, I can be very pastoral. You don't know. For those of you who are here for the first time, I apologize. I'm a proper pastor. Last week we looked at Luke 19. And um, no. we looked at um, Zacchaeus, no, 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 isn't no, it? No, 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 no. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's even some of this kind of pressure that makes people do the wrong thing. Yeah. yeah. 
the person is touching you and you know that this touching will end in a bad place. Instead of saying, stop, you are saying, touch, touch. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I said, Luke 19. <laughs> we looked at salvation. I feel like Odo is watching. He says that every time he's watching, he gets nervous, especially when the COVID He gets really nervous. Sometimes he squeezes his wife's hand. What else is she come to say? <laughs> Luke 19. This is your portion. Take it. Luke 19. We're looking at Zacchaeus. And as I was preparing for today's one, because today we're going to look at, you know, we looked at the highway of salvation. We're going to look at the highway of holiness. And I, I mean, I had a passage that we are going to look at, but I just went back to look at the scripture we looked at before, and then I realized that Zacchaeus means pure, purity. <laughs> it means clean. And that is what God called him. Jesus called him by name, Zacchaeus. And at the time, he was a trickster, tax collector, dodgy guy. But he was pure and didn't know. He was clean and didn't know. You and I, we are Zacchaeus. It doesn't matter where we've been, what we've done, how low we have gone. You are clean because Christ has made you so. And that is where the issue comes. Because who are you believing? Because sometimes we don't believe that this is what we have been made into. This is who we are now. And rather we listen to other voices. We listen to the flesh. We listen to people around us. We listen to other things rather than believing that if the word says it, then it is so. Tell somebody, I am Zacchaeus. God has made me so. So why, 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 why? 2 Timothy 3, we'll look at a few verses. Because one of the reasons why walking righteously and living a life, you see, when we say holiness, all we are saying is that it is consecrated unto God. It is set apart for God. That is all it is. That is why when it comes to things like holiness, righteousness, it's, the world will never appreciate it. The world will never understand it. It's not that you are doing something wrong. Because if it is not wrong to God, then it is not wrong. So the main issue is who and what is influencing you. Because if God is calling you Zacchaeus, God is calling you righteous, God is calling you holy. When we say something is holy, it means that it belongs to the divine. It belongs to God. We're going to look at a few scriptures. Second Timothy, the Bible says, Second Timothy 3, I'm going to read from verse 1. It says that you should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times for people who love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud. Have you even seen some of the things that are coming under this description? When we think about it, we're only thinking of fornication, that there are so many things as a Christian that God values equally. And that is why sometimes when you see the church arising, this person, this behavior is wrong. They, 
Let us look inward. Boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents. Someone say mercy. This morning your parent told you, get ready for, took attitude. Yeah. Disobedient to parents. All forms of parents. Yeah. Whether physical, biological, spiritual, disobedient to parents. And ungrateful. And ungrateful. That is why as a Christian, you have to go out of your way. Even when you don't feel like it. To say, Lord, I thank you. Even when you can't see things the way you would like to see them, to show some gratitude. They will consider nothing sacred. They defile things, including themselves. Because you see, when you read scripture and it says your body is the temple of God, it's exactly what it means because the spirit of God dwells in you. So your body is a house that houses the spirit of God. God lives in you. God lives in you. You see, some of these things, when you are reading scripture, meditate on it. It will order your steps. Because it will be very, very difficult. I was about to say something. I, I have my limits to things that I can say. It will be very, very, very difficult. Do you understand? To allow people into certain parts of your body that they are not allowed there. You can look at me, it's okay. Because your body is the temple of God, which means that anything you are putting into it, you have to be careful. Anything that is going into your body, you have to be careful, including too much food and too much eating. Yeah. yeah. Cheesecake is not good. But they do some really nice ones. You know where I found a nice one? I'll tell you, I'll tell you. There is a restaurant. Where is Prince? Where is uh, Prince Atakra? There is a nice one in um, on the Whitehall Road. It's, the restaurant is called Whitehall Restaurant. Have you been there? Oh, their cheesecake. You haven't paid me, but you won't go and eat there because nobody is going to eat cheesecake. Are you going to eat cheesecake? After all that I've said, ah, you won't go and eat. Oh, it is nice. It is nice. No, we will not. We set her free, set her loose to make nice cake. Her cakes are slightly healthier. I said it. You see, sometimes, you see how we even convince ourselves to do the wrong thing? Oh. Let's continue reading. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. Yeah, because a lot of the time, what is good for us, we fight it. When we are being rebuked, we fight it. When we are being disciplined, we fight it. But that is what will keep us safe. That, listen, children who are disciplined grow up differently from children who are not disciplined. If life has turned out well for you, and if you realize that you did not get yourself entangled in certain, you must take, thank God for the parents who brought you or the family that brought you up, the auntie or uncle or whoever brought you, you must be grateful. When you are growing at the time, it's irritating, it's annoying, but it's a blessing for you. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with You know, when I got to high school and I realized that people easily take other people's boyfriends and girlfriends, 
I mean, very, very easily. Very, very, very easily. They will hear the person saying, he's annoying me. He's irritating me. I don't even think I really like him. I'm thinking about breaking up. Before she finish the sentence, she has gone to step inside her. Then when the fight is about, they say, ah, I thought you said you didn't like. <laughs> hmm. They will betray their friends, be reckless. That's why sometimes you can see that when you're having certain conversations, you look at the expression of the people you are conversing with their face. Because sometimes even the good thing is, he's so nice, he's so gentle, he's so generous, he's so, and they are writing all of them down. Nice, generous, gentle. <laughs> they are reckless, puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. Love pleasure rather than God. Love pleasure rather than God. It has to be the other way around. Love God more than pleasure. Because in God, in God are pleasures forevermore. Hmm. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Yes. So it means they have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. Stay away from people like that. Then I will add my bait. You two don't become people like that. I like the message Bible. I'm reading that scripture. It says, don't be naive. There are difficult times ahead. As the end approaches, people are going to be self-absorbed, money-hungry, self-promoting, stuck-up, profane. Yeah, Christian brother, the language they can use. They have church language, driving language, work language, school language, home language. Yeah. You'll find wives that when they are anywhere else, they use please. Then when they're at home, their husband has never heard them use please. I told you that if you're a man, one thing, battle you will not win is the battle of the mouth. It's an anointing women have. Oh, they can hey, They ask for, when it's a mouth war, please don't try. You will lose the battle. And they don't just say, they know how to rhyme it. You fool, you're not cool. So, hey. Don't try them, don't try them, don't try them. Don't try them. That's why sometimes you see when people, they are the weaker vessel. No, their weapons are very different. But they are more effective. That is why when women cheat, hardly are they caught. Preach, pastor, preach. <laughs> Stuck up, profane, contemptuous of parents, crude, coarse. <laughs> the verse 3 in a message Bible says, dog eat dog. <laughs> they eat each other up. They say, swallow each other up. You see, when you're walking in righteousness and holiness, when somebody falls, slips, or makes a mistake, you eat them up. Yeah. You eat them up. This dog will not eat that dog. Unbending, slanderous, impulsively wild. How many of us act on impulse and then regret it? A lot of the things that you do on impulse, you always regret. Yeah. When you get angry at work and you walk off, you regret. Because when you get home, your rent is still due. Your rent is still due. Your rent is still due. Yeah. 
When you act on impulse, yeah, I remember a sister saying that she went to the brother and said, let's break up, and he said yes. She was confused. She thought there was going to be discussion, why, what have I done, let's work through it. Well, yeah. She went to say, I think we should break up. He said yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> then now when she was trying to readdress it, he was like, <laughs> your sentence to hold. The man has been trying to say it. He couldn't find words to say it. <laughs> I feel like today I'm giving a lot of people straight secrets away. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh Why have you become so quiet? Lately, you don't talk. Why? What is it? Do you want us to break up? Oh, is that what you want? (laughs) Impossibly wild. Savage. Savage. When they eat you up, even your bones can't be seen. <laughs> Cynical, treacherous, ruthless, bloated windbags. <laughs> Addicted to lust and allergic to God. Addicted to lust and allergic to God. Have you seen people who are allergic to peanuts? Or Pastor Sam is allergic to everything. And a, the only thing he's not allergic to is Christelle. Allergic to everything. He's not allergic to you. I mean, so Sheila says that you're also not allergic to her. Okay. <laughs> Christelle understands. You see, do you know how corrupted we have become in life? That everything can have two meanings, can have four meanings. Because our ignorance is taken away from us. Our innocence is taken away from us. Addicted to lust. We see things through the eyes of lust. We see things through the eyes of lust. Listen, sometimes you can even wear a full gown, wear a cloak over it. A brother who is lustful can imagine what is behind the cloak, behind the gown, behind it. He can see as far as his eyes wants to see. He's more than Abraham. He can see. Social media has made us addicted to many things. And we are suppressing it. Then every now and then they'll give a new name, a new scientific name for the disease, a new scientific name for the disease. And the house of God and Christians are also falling into the trap. And the way the devil has deceived us is that on that same phone, you will listen to Pastor Gloria preach. On that same phone, you will watch Big Mama uh, undress herself. On the same phone. I said, keep looking at me straight. Just keep looking at me. Don't, don't look anywhere. So it, it's like, oh, my, my, my messages are on. My gospel music is on. And what other music is also on? We are addicted to it. We are addicted to it. Before phones, those who are addicted to pornography had to make a journey to locate 
Oh, I'm preaching. I'm, pre- I'm not afraid of you, but you know that already. Yeah. It used to be a genuine process. Go and buy magazine, go and look for video, come and get the video, and then the video, they hide it under, they hide it inside envelopes, they hide it inside. <laughs> now all you need, even if it doesn't matter how old your phone is, it can produce the same results. And it is not a non-Christian problem. There was a survey done. They said they had a pastor's conference in America. And the hotel said that was when pornography was watched the most. Please don't come and deceive yourself at all. We are not afraid of the God. We don't have a reverential, a respectful fear of God. We don't, we, don't, we, don't want, we don't appreciate the fact that he's bigger and better than everything else. Yeah. Because you see, a lot of these things, as soon as it's over, you feel guilty, you feel, what did he do? But the problem is that sometimes he didn't do much, but it caused you a lot of trouble. Yeah. You have to break those addictions. You have to break those addictions. That is what is frustrating you. Because like even now that I'm preaching, you're getting angry. You shouldn't get angry. You should just say, God, thank you for bringing wisdom. Thank you for help. Thank you for prompting me. May I receive grace to overcome this. I break the spirit that is upon me. Don't, don't do that. Yes. That is why I don't like coming to churches where they'll talk about everything. What do you want me to talk about? Joseph's many colors. Don't be a religious person. Don't be a religious person. Develop a relationship with God. It was the religious spirit that made holiness and righteousness leave the church. Because so long as we have an appearance of it, we are sorted. They'll leave us alone. So long as we look it. In this church, nobody comes to your house to see. Who, when I was a younger Christian, we used to have pastors and things who, when they come and visit you, they are looking to see if they'll see another pair of shoes. If you're a girl, they're looking for men's shoe. If you're a man, they're looking for girl's shoe. Hey, who, policeman. The police spirit is the only one who has been designated as nobody else. See, it's nobody else's job. And it shouldn't be. It has to be you and your God. Yeah. Let's continue looking. Are we learning something? Yeah. Hmm. Then the next question is, where's your heart? What is influencing you? Where is your heart? You know, I'm going to run quickly through. I want us to finish. You know, First John 2, the Bible describes three things, isn't it? The last of the flesh, the last of the eyes, and the pride of life. I read it from the NLT. In fact, let me read it from the Message Bible, and then we'll go on. It says that, beware of... Okay, so I'm just telling you where your heart is. Because where your heart is, is what draws you. Do you understand? Yeah, the edges you have, the t- tendencies you have, the temptations you have, you know, is, is what draws you into certain things. So the message Bible is saying in 1 John 2, 15 to 7, it says, don't love the world's ways, don't love the world's goods, love the love of the world squeezes out the love of the Father. Yeah, some of us haven't seen that you can go into a relationship and it will squeeze out anything to do with God out of your life. 
you go into a some of us we go into a relationship we forget our friends we forget our family i mean our whole life becomes the person yeah you can have housemates i heard somebody complaining recently that their housemate all they do all they think about is this boy and the boy is there from morning to night but you know that one day the boy will leave says it squeezes out the love of the father practically everything that goes on in the world wanting your own way wanting everything for yourself wanting to appear important so that is the last of the flesh the last of the eyes the pride of life he says that it has nothing to do with the father all it does is to isolate you from him then the verse 17 is why i wanted us to read this it says that and i pray that you remember it it says that the world and all it's wanting 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 is on the way out but whoever does what God wants is set for eternity. Tell somebody they're wanting, wanting. They're wanting, 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 wanting must stop. Yeah, isn't it the wanting that makes us go and steal? Isn't that the wanting that makes us go and find women? Wanting make us go and find men. Wanting make us go and... It is the wanting, 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 wanting. It's the wanting. Every time we are wanting. Yeah. Wanting is the wanting that makes us not content. I want a bigger house. I want a bigger man. I want a bigger woman. I want a bigger... Hey, I've told you about the uh, missionary, young missionary brother. I went to somewhere in Africa. He was on missions and went to visit him. And he said, brother, you have to do a marriage. You know, as you're on the mission field. And he was like, yeah. The only problem is that, you know, currently the people in his view, everyone has something that is good. So if the face of this one could be put on the body on this one, <laughs> and then the brain of this one <laughs> could be put inside, oh, it would be very complete. Yes, because this one has Coca-Cola body. Do you know what a Coca-Cola body is? <laughs> this one, sharp, sharp, sharp. No face. And we say, hey, are you here praying and winning souls and trying to establish the work of God? <laughs> Tell somebody wanting, 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 and it brings us in. All the things we looked at about, um, what do you call it, savageness, dog eat dog, and it's because of wanting, wanting. Yeah. yeah, why will you be gossiping about somebody? Either you want something that they have, or they've taken something of yours, or wanting, wanting. So always wanting, 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 wanting. When you are feeling frustrated at home, please don't go and say it to you. You can tell your husband or your wife, hey, this is your wanting, wanting. <laughs> please don't go. <laughs> uh, this is what Reverend was talking about. <laughs> Look at your wanting, wanting. <laughs> yeah. You are driving your car, but you see another car, wanting, wanting. You are going to watch a movie with your nice, lovely girlfriend, why, whatever. Then you see some other girl, wanting, wanting. It doesn't matter how beautiful you are. There are still a lot more beautiful women. Ah! It doesn't matter how handsome you are. If you like go outside and see. You will find a very handsome man standing there. Wanting, wanting. Even now, if the bag you brought to church, you really like that bag. But I can go around and pick some bags up for you see that your bag didn't place at all. Tell somebody, no more wanting, wanting. No more wanting, wanting. Ah, 
Let me give you a few more. Yeah. Are we going to overcome wanting, wanting? Yeah, wanting, wanting. Oh, it's, it drains you. You even get a good job. Somebody has a better job. You can easily despise the job you have. You have a good education. You see somebody's education. You can despise your own. You can even get your results. You did very well till somebody said their results. Then you are wanting, wanting. Wanting, wanting. And want somebody else's pregnancy. <laughs> Has it ever happened to you in a restaurant that you ordered your food? And when your food arrived, a few minutes later, somebody else's food was coming. Sometimes you want to call the waiter and ask, what, what did they order? What did they order? What did they order? Gee. <laughs> wanting, wanting. Wanting, wanting. It has destroyed many things. It has destroyed our joy. It has destroyed our peace. It has destroyed so much. It has destroyed so much. And that is what leads us into a very unrighteous and unholy life. I've come coming to tell you that it's not just about I'm doing this sin on. It's just even the, the state of your heart, the state of your mind, the state. It's always in a state of anxiety. No more wanting, wanting. No more wanting, wanting. Let us be content. I had a deep conversation with my brother a few days ago. And, you know, he's about 10 years older than me. And I really look up to him. Then we're having a conversation. And I was like, you know, like he has inspired me a lot. He encourages me. Then, then he also said, no, he gets a lot of encouragement. Then I said, okay, it's mutual. Yeah. But, you know, we're having a conversation. We started from a certain angle, but got to the place where it was like, we've got to appreciate everything we have. We've got to appreciate. Listen, sometimes you are irritated with your sibling till you meet another set of siblings. <laughs> then you want to write love letter to your brother or your sister. <laughs> I will not trade you for, for all the gold. <laughs> hey, Reverend, this trouble that you're trying to bring. Reverend says you should come and meet his own. I, I am not even going to comment on that at all. Sometimes I can get upset with my brother or my sister. Then he'll look at me like, really? You want to exchange? You want to swap? You want to swap? You have to appreciate. You have to appreciate. Let me give you one more or a few more. Temptations and trials will always be with us. That is why we should have that consciousness and that sense that this is our walk with God every day. That's why the, the, the prayer guide that is in Matthew and is in Luke is uh, give us this day our daily bread. Because every day, every day, every day. It says that God blesses James 1. God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation for afterward they will receive the crown and it goes on to say that remember when you are being tempted do not say God is tempting me God is never tempting to, tempted to do wrong and he never tempts anyone temptation comes from our own desires which drags us away these desires also give birth to sinful actions and when sin is allowed to grow it gives birth to death so don't be misled, my dear brothers and sisters. Whatever is good and perfect comes down to us from God, who created all the lights in heaven. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. He chooses to give back to us by giving us his true word. How many of us are hearing true word today? And we, out of all creation, have become his prized possession. Tell somebody, I'm God's prized possession. So there is an answer to this problem. 
there's an answer to this problem. And we're going to look at it and then we go. Isaiah 35. When you go home, read it again. We're going to read from verse 1 to 10. I'm going to read from the NLT. And I pray that it will minister to us and let us know that we are able to walk on this road. It says that even the wilderness and desert will be glad in those days. The wastelands will rejoice and blossom with spring. Crocuses. Yes, there will be an abundance of flowers and singing of joy. The deserts will become as green as the mountains of Lebanon, as lovely as Mount Carmel or the plain of Sharon. There the Lord will display his glory, the splendor of our God. You see, the Bible is showing us something. It's talking about the wasteland. It's talking about the deserts. And he's saying that in the midst of it, the Lord will show his glory, his splendor. Verse 3. With this news, now that you know that temptations and trials are always with us, now that you know that it is what is in your heart, now that you know, he said that with this news, strengthen those who have tired hands and encourage those who have weak knees. How many of us are tired? Even sometimes we are fed up with the sin that we keep committing and committing and committing. And those who have weak knees, say to those with fearful hearts, be strong and do not fear, for your God is coming to destroy your enemies. You know, God is sending forth his word today to destroy certain things in your life that keep tripping you, keep tripping you, keep tripping you. He is coming to save you. And when he comes, he will open the eyes of the blind. May you see all the things around you and unplug the ears of the deaf. May you hear when the Lord is speaking. May you hear when the Holy Spirit is whispering. May you hear when the Holy Spirit is prompting you. He says that the lame will leap like a deer. And those who cannot speak will sing for joy. And there's a difference between the deaf and those who cannot speak. There are some people who are not deaf, but they cannot speak. Cannot speak. And sometimes a certain kind of living will shut your mouth up. Anytime you try and open your mouth, the devil will say, you too want to open your mouth? You too want to speak? You too have something to say? Shut up. says that those who cannot speak will sing for joy. Springs will gush forth in the wilderness and streams will water the wasteland. The patched ground, the dry ground will become a pool and springs of water will satisfy the thirsty land. May everything that makes you thirst for all the wrong things, may God satisfy you. May God fill you. May he be enough for you. May you be content with him. If everything is taken away from me but Jesus is left with me, I'm going to be okay. Marsh grass and reeds and rushes spring off. Springs of water will satisfy the thirsty land. Marsh grass and reeds will flourish where desert jackals once lived. Yeah, where lions, where horrible things once were. God is going to clean it. Clear it. Of the weeds, of the grass, he's going to clear it. And what is he going to put there? Verse 8. And a great road will go through that once deserted land. It will be named the highway of holiness. Evil-minded people would never travel on it. You won't even meet them on your way. Do you know that when you begin to have a certain attitude towards life, and you begin to have a certain attitude towards yourself, and put a certain value on yourself, there are certain people who will not approach you. There are certain people who will not come your way. You 
should never be so excited because anybody who sees you can easily come to you and say, you are beautiful. Oh, I, I love you. Oh, you are, can I take you out? You should worry. That's why is it that when any fool sees me, they're able to come and just invite me out. Evil-minded people will never travel on it. It will be only for those who walk in God's ways. Fools will never walk there also. Lions will not leg along its course, nor any other ferocious beast. There will be no other dangers. Only the redeemed will walk on it. Only the redeemed will walk on it. Only the redeemed will walk on it. We have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. His nail-pierced hand is proof that our sins have been forgiven. The crown that was put, the, the crown of nails that was put on his head, the blood that was spilling is proof that we are redeemed, that we have been ransomed. Those who have been ransomed by the Lord will return. They will enter Jerusalem sinking, crowned with everlasting joy. Sorrow and mourning will disappear and they will be filled with joy and gladness. Tell somebody, this is my story. This is my testimony. All God requires of us he talked about the lame, the deaf, the wasteland. All God requires of us is that we should always have a heart of brokenness. Not brokenness that we are in pain, this kind of nonsense broken heart. Brokenness that it is only God, it's by the grace of God that I am who I am. It's by the grace of God that I can stay on course. It's by the grace of God that I'm able to overcome. It's by the grace of God that I'm able to say no. It's by the grace of God that my marriage is surviving. It's by the grace of God that my children are how they are. It's by the grace of God that I'm still serving him. It's by the grace of God. That is the kind of brokenness you need. That's the kind of brokenness. He says that a broken heart, a broken spirit, he will never reject it. 